It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I'm your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, we have Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? It's, uh, uh, it's spring has sprung. Sure. We, it, was, it was great. Uh, as I heard uh, and I saw it on Twitter the other day, it was really nice this year to have spring be on a Saturday. Um, it just allows you a little more time to go out and enjoy it. <laughs> right, exactly. Was, now I'm glad we're back to winter. I really liked how the low, low hanging dark clouds really made it feel darker on six o'clock too to add to the did. cold. That was wonderful. <laughs> it was, it was something. Like, where, what are we doing here? What are we, what are we doing? It's all right. It's, it's perfect. It's fine. I'm. Good. I, I bought a new camper. Really? I'm I did. Yeah, about it. that's fun. So you know that you know as we think about you know using it and then like looking outside going well not with Someday. this garbage weather this is why i got a bigger camper so we can just camp in the garbage weather all year long <laughs> so you don't have to set up a tent before you have to go hide from the weather right exactly <laughs> so there's space so we don't want to want to murder each other inside a nice. small pop-up tent camper anymore sounds so. fun i just have a tent so it's just a pop-up tent i just pop the tent up and then we're in a tent and i'm like ah oh, terrible out there look at this um, anyhow, though, everything else has been, been decent. We have a new driver in the house, so that'll be oh, an adventure boy. from here on out. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Josh. Well. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's going too fast, John. It's going too fast. It is. How does this happen? You and I are still young men. Yes, we are. It does not say my back. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right, uh, we have we have a couple of things to talk about. We want to do some draft previews. Uh, Jim Widener will be joining us later in the podcast, but uh, we want to get right into everything today and start talking about it. But first off, we'll let you know that you can follow this podcast on the Twitter, as the old folks say. Uh, you can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod, and you could follow me as the host of the show at Not So Humble Host. Uh, Aaron, I know you're on Twitter as I follow you. My son follows you. My wife follows you. My father might. I don't know if he does. He does. He oh, does. There we go. Yes. Perfect. As I, as, as I have reciprocated with him, <laughs> uh, you can find me at Cheddar Talk, John, at Cheddar Talk. Um, uh, low key this week. I don't think I've picked any fights or anything like that. So I have. I was picking ch- fights today about the Celtics game because. They actually oh, yeah. got horribly screwed on calls. They still won, but yeah, it was. They still won. Terrible. Oh my god! Yeah, thanks, Nets. Now the Boston's gonna be the Bucks. <laughs> Bucks better wrap it up in five because that Celtics team's gonna be rested and ready to go now. Yeah, they just Nets, poured through the Nets. Just last That's, year, the Nets were the greatest team ever assembled. Now they're the greatest team ever assembled to never reach an Eastern Conference final or a Conference final, I guess at all. They're the greatest team ever to be swept in the first round. <laughs> yeah, anyways, yeah. Right. So anyhow, yeah, it's uh. Uh, yeah, I guess I was trying to pick fights with Bulls fans, but they they're they weren't sad. having it because they're just sad. They're just sad. They're done. Yeah. All right, let's move on into everything here, and we'll talk uh, about Bulls fans and everybody else. Uh, the part of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. 
All right, Aaron, we're going to start the main event with box talk. We don't have a we don't have friend of the show Pete this week. We we, we could only have so many guests at a time in in many cases because right. he would have filled our day with wonderful things and and great takes on this. But uh, we're going to have to, for the time being, save him for you know series that are going to be more important to hear about good takes. Right. The take on this is that the Bulls had that one just one day in the sun, and that was everything to them. That was that was the seventh trophy for them because mm-hmm. that was. They were so big. Uh, yeah, they went game, so hard on that one. Game two, and, you know, it had us all fooled into, like, we couldn't possibly think for a second, you know, that the Bucks had a bad game. Middleton went down. Um, and DeRozan yeah, had the I, best I mean, game of the series. He had an incredible game. And yeah, he was, he was out of on character. fire. And it got and it got some of us thinking, had some of us questioning our confidence in our team again because that's we're from Wisconsin and that's what we do, and you know thinking, oh God, they have to go to the United Center now, oh oh, they better at least get a split, they better come out of their series side two apiece. There's no way they're going to win both. Oh my God, they could come out of there down three one. Oh no, oh no, oh no, <laughs> and then they proceeded to mop the floor I... with the Bulls and Grayson Allen looked like um jack marston off red dead red dead redemption smoke rolling out of both barrels it was uh he's the villain that we've always that villain that bucks fans didn't know they needed you you nailed this on twitter the other day too um basically how sad are are the bulls they're like classic enemy of 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 the the team their existential threat is grayson allen like yeah, no, not yeah. not Giannis or Embiid or pub, KD. Pub, it's Grayson Allen. You're like pub, what a public enemy number franchise. one of the Bulls is Grayson Allen. Not yeah, KD, LeBron, Giannis. No, no. Grayson, punch me in the face, Allen. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks would have a pretty good deal with you know nobody on the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls have won one game so far in the entire year against the the Bucks. I think they're what seven and one now against the Bulls. Mm-hmm. One more coming up here. Um, Hopefully it's the last one. There's no way of knowing. Uh, a number of weird things could happen. Maybe DeRozan goes right. off. Uh, but, I mean, Grayson Allen's been playing very well in these last two games, and that's been a huge upgrade for this team. I mean, he's getting more looks at shots because they they need to make up the three points. They need to make up the you know the three-point shooting that mm-hmm. uh, Middleton gives you. And uh, if they're going to collapse on Giannis at all times, which is their only hope, uh, mm-hmm. then, yeah, they're going to have to count on that working, and it isn't working. And and it's absolutely 100%. And, you know, Giannis is, um, has shown time and again that he is the most adaptable player in the NBA. He's constantly learning. Yep. And it's still to this day, it could still be argued that he is still not complete. He is still an incomplete right. project. He's um, great, yeah. And he's still raw. <laughs> he's still, how weird is that? That he is still uh, maybe not as, you know, as he was like at the end of last season or mid last year, but um, – you know, you go back to that Toronto series three years ago, and that's what they did. They collapsed on Giannis in the lane, and that's why they the the Bucks didn't get out of the East because that they, they just kept trying to run him down the middle, and there was no outside support for him whatsoever. And uh, that's how it worked. Well, now you got Giannis. He goes into the lane, and about halfway through, you know, right after the free throw line, as soon as he's got three guys on him, that that pass is coming out from him to somewhere, to some outlet, and. Uh, They've been connecting. That's also the other thing, too. You know, the first two games, I think Grayson Allen and Connington were combined like three for 18 from three or some 
God, I'm Pat. Pat was one for eight, you know, something like that. Um, why look up stats? I'll just make them up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who needs facts? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, th- that's Giannis has really grown up. Um, yeah, the, the ball comes out. He was even asked in the post game presser uh, about uh, about his passing and if he's happy with how his passing has improved. And he even made alluded to, it. he's like, yeah, he's like, especially when they're wide open, I, I got to throw it. You know, yeah. if I'm getting crushed by three guys and they're wide open, I got to throw it, you know? And so that's been good. Um, I mean, Lopez didn't even have, I think he scored his first points in the late third quarter yesterday. Like, and he was out there the whole game and he's been great to have back. Man, God, he's wonderful. Yeah. He's, His defense alone is fantastic to keep this team in there. Bobby's been playing great coming in there, mm-hmm. giving him a bunch of good minutes. There's times mm-hmm. when they're going kind of big on the floor too. And you're just like, you know, then the Bulls are counting in Levine hitting deep threes and DeRozan hitting his mid court shots. And you're like, okay, Valanchunas is going to have to play from outside. He's not getting anything. If we can just make the Bulls keep shooting threes all game long, they'll get little runs, but they don't do enough to to really make it work in, as a long term scheme. Like it's it's not right. a plan; it's it's a prayer. I mean, it's just right. their game plan is a prayer, and that's where they, they don't are. have they don't have a lot of depth beyond no. you know their their big two. You know, yeah. they got uh, you said Valanciunas, not Valanciunas. It's a uh, uh, Vukovic. Uh, oh, that's the other I'm one. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew what on. you meant, but like, I mean, uh, Patrick Williams. Valanciunas, you know, he's scoring geez. points for him too. But God, Caruso. Is there Sucks. a more talked about player that's not good? <laughs> I don't understand. Like I, I put on not, Twitter, it was it like nonstop, especially when the games were on ABC. With the ESPN crew, nonstop about how great Alex Caruso. We talked is. about this last time when, oh when Pete God. was here with us too. We're, yeah, and we're just like, what? What the heck is he going? Like, okay, so last game, uh, and look at this: the one nineteen ninety five game. Caruso plays seventeen minutes. He's zero for one. That's mm-hmm. his game. He had four rebounds. They were all defensive rebounds. Nothing offensive. Mm-hmm. Four assists, one steal. Uh, he had two blocks. They keep talking about like, man, his defense is so. Good. You're like, no, he's a. He's an okay defender. Like, he's an okay defender. But I just definitely watch people step sideways and then step to the rim because he's like, I need to stand here and I'll get a charge. I didn't get a charge. They walked around me. My, my favorite was him and uh, him and Williams were standing in the lane, both posted up looking for a charge, and Giannis just Euro-stepped around both yeah. of them. <laughs> he was just like, I'm going to the right, and then I'm going into the rim. And it was, yeah, it yeah. was just like, what? The, he's not good. Sometimes things happen around him and like a bad pass happens and they're like, look at that Caruso really, he influenced that. He didn't do that, but he influenced it. You're like, shut up. Was that that in game one? Like, yeah, he's the reason why Giannis had an off game and he was still 32, 15 and five or something (laughs) like that. Just like, but yeah. And so, and here's the sad part. So like if Caruso is the Batman in this villain hero saga (laughs) between the bulls and the bucks, I mean, he was he scored zero points, yeah, and 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 the Joker scored twenty seven. Not Djokovic, no. Grayson Allen playing Grayson the part Allen. of the Joker, right? <laughs> so you know, and so in the game before that one too, you know, let's let's look back to uh, yeah, he, he murdered him those two Friday, days. Friday, Grayson Allen scored twenty two and had six rebounds, and Caruso had nine and two. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't give them much. Uh, well, here's let's, what's the other things here, so. Uh, Caruso negative eight when he's on the floor. His plus minus is negative eight, and that's only he only played seventeen minutes. 
negative eight. Uh, Vucevic uh, was negative ten, but he played thirty eight minutes. Like Caruso does not influence the game in a positive sense. He just no. doesn't. He's not that good a player. The biggest thing he's done this year is fall awkwardly, like a, a, a misshapen hole forgotten by God. It was, no, it's the the soul shaped hole forgotten by God. Which that's a line I stole from Community. It was just it's <laughs> such a great bit. But he's he just fell from the sky because he got his hand hit and then dropped, just as if he'd been murdered. And it's just like, uh-huh. what what is going on? Why can't you just fall like a human being? You're just right. not put together right, and now it's a penalty on somebody. Right. Uh, now, now the yeah. now the one thing I will say about the game the other night though is that uh, the the turnovers still have to be under control, get under yeah. control. The Bucks were down to 14 finally, um, <laughs> and also too, they're not going to hit 51 percent from 17 to 33 from three every game. So, but I think a lot of that can be remedied by getting the turnovers under control. Uh, I want to say that because even game three, which they won pretty handily, I mean, they still had nine turnovers. Nine isn't so bad, but in those first two games were just absolutely terrible for turnovers. Mm -hmm. They got to do a better job of getting um, somebody other than Giannis to get to the rim too. Uh, Giannis Mm -hmm. got fouled several times. So he had, he shot nine of twelve from the free throw line, and as as a team, they shot another six free throws, and mm-hmm. you know made three of three of six for the other, you know, free throws from this team. So he's nine of twelve, and then three of six for everybody else. Right, that's not going to get it done. People got to find ways to get to the rim and and make it uncomfortable for the Bulls in this last one here, and hopefully it's right. the last one. You know, knocking on wood. Right, um, but. You know, even if it takes them another game, whatever it is, I just think the Bulls feel like a broken <coughs> team at this point. They just feel mm-hmm. like they've they gave it their shot. Uh, they had mm-hmm. that one game, which felt like their championship game, and then they just even without Middleton, the Bucks are just this much more talented <clears throat> than the Bulls. <coughs> well, in that, in that game too, too was such a weird. That was such a weird game too. Like it didn't, you know, it, it's like almost like. Milwaukee, who's got a good fan base for the playoffs, they we at the games I was at, the games that happened last summer, you, or last, yeah, they were summertime. You could see the fans. Um, that game two was a there was a pretty good smattering of red jackets around that arena, and, and the camera found every one of them. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> yes, it did. But I'm just saying, like, I it it seemed like you know it's like a little bit of fat and happy Bucks fans, like. Um, you know, and I talked to Pete about this offline too, about um, maybe some of the people like him who are season ticket holders, maybe selling some of these early round tickets because yeah, I, I remember last year when when it came around to like the crunch time down the down the stretch, Pete had these grandiose ideas like, well, I'm going to sell game two, you know, of the finals. He didn't, and you know, and that'll and I'll, that'll pay for the whole playoffs. He didn't sell a single finals ticket. No. I think he sold one in the semis against the Nets. Like that was it. Like, cause, and, and he went to the, you know, maybe one in the first round. And so I think a lot of the fans were um, thinking, all right, well, that'll be the one to sell. will be the second game against the bulls. Cause there will be at least a game five that will be back here. If not a game six, you know, or a game five. So, or, or the first run doesn't matter because they're going to be through it so quickly. And, and I'll right. watch the That's, games later on. 
that's it exactly and i think a lot of uh, uh a lot of like me included like hey uh maybe i'll save my money and get to a, a eastern conference final game this year or maybe even a finals game you know yeah. so i think that was kind of maybe the attitude because it really didn't feel like that crowd was into it in that game too and the bulls had everything going for them um yeah. and it, it was, it, and it was exactly it. And it was what we talked about with Pete last week on the show. You know, like you were pretty sure that they could pull off the sweep. Thought and they should have like, slept them. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, they're going to get one. It's it's yeah, so did. hard. It's it's so hard to go against. I mean, I understand that they didn't beat any good teams this year, but they did make the playoffs. I figured they'd at least get it together for one game to save some sort of pride. You know, you know, yeah. Maybe not like maybe not like the Pelicans who are just giving the Suns absolute hell right now. They, but uh yeah. you know but you Jeez. could figure out that's a fun series, by the way. Can't Holy figure that smokes. out at all. Anyways, um because because the, the Pelicans realize that they've got nothing to lose. It's crazy. That game last night was just insane. Anyhow, but uh you know, and the Bulls pulled that off for one one game, you know. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing going forward is going to be, I think I mean like the Bucks get through this, and then they're going to have to figure out what's going on with Chris Middleton for if they get into the next round. Like, so he's got an MCL, and they're not going to even be reevaluating that again till like next week, All right? If, like if, late next week. If, if if Wes holds serve as a starter and Grayson can play as well as he's been playing, um, I'm I'm really glad they went and got those guys now. Yeah. Holy smokes. Although it does bring into question, was it really worth it to go get Serge Ibaka and trade away Dante DiVincenzo right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Serge has only been playing garbage minutes. And yeah, I guess we'll see more. I mean, the more, the most likely outcome, right? Oh, well, obviously, the outcome is if the, when the, if they win, which they should, I keep saying if because I, that's, that's who I am and I'm not going to. And we're from Wisconsin. So. Worry about this, yeah. And the Bucks have been because at one point in our lives, teams. when we were teenagers, we decided to say, "When the Packers win." Yeah, <laughs> and that took a long time because they were terrible for most of my life. Um, I didn't start paying attention to football until like fifth grade, so that worked out well for me. Oh, I was born into it, so yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, this is the thing: is like going to that next round. They're going to need those points. The one thing I think going is that. Boston had to play a rough up and down series where, yeah, they swept uh, the Nets and the Nets were not, in fact, good this year, Um, (laughs) which is hilarious in so many different ways. But I mean, Boston's going to be, it it couldn't happen to a better team. Right. It's the Nets of this year, though. This is the team where the hardest series is going to be this second one because whether or not they're going to be playing, I mean, who comes out of the four or five? We'll see. I mean, because Toronto just absolutely throttled the Sixers today in Philadelphia and are going to go back home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those two, but it, it'll be you know Bucks and Celtics, and then the Heat and whoever. Um, so yeah, I it's think gonna be I, yeah, yeah yeah the Heat are the Heat are going to that that got kind of dumb yesterday. Atlanta's <laughs> Atlanta's. Uh, What's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, cooked. <laughs> well, cooked, and they're 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 up over their waist. I think so. They they had a nice run last year where they 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 punched above their weight, um, and it it worked for a little bit, uh, and they got 
a really fun game or two against the Bucks, but just that was it. That was it. Mm. Um, and by pushing themselves that high, they essentially kind of marked themselves out as somebody to be taken seriously. But also, I mean, they kind of had a, a change in coaching partway through the year that, that got them a little boost, that got them to the end of the season. This year, they were just that team. And they weren't able to really add anything because they really played deep enough in the playoffs to ruin any chance of adding anybody. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, they just kind of, it, you know, this is what happens to teams like that in the NBA. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, that's about it for the Bucks right now. I mean, basically, we think they'll, they'll take out the Bulls here in the next week, and then we'll start seeing where they start getting ready for the Celtics. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I, hopefully we start seeing Middleton sometime in this series and they can kind of hold out long enough to make that work. They'll be the away team to start mm-hmm. this series, just like they were with the Nets last year. Mm-hmm. I uh, um, Works out, too, because then you have game six back home. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, just back to what we were saying, though, about uh, what were we saying? Yeah. Oh, about what you're saying about uh, I really wish the Nets Celtics series would have went seven just because I, I enjoy watching the Nets get knocked out that fast. If you were to tell me <laughs> yes. four years ago, if you were to tell me four years ago that there was a team that was going to have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons on the same team, I would have went, <laughs> holy no way. That team had to have won everything, right? Um so, no, I really wish it went seven, though, would have beat up on the other team a little bit more because uh, mm-hmm. the, with the Bucks' physical style, that would have worked out. Um, I'm pretty confident the Bucks will get it done here in game five. Um, like I just said, I wasn't expecting a sweep just because, uh, but five, before four and uh, winning the series four to one, um, I think, especially um, the way the Bulls look so defeated on the way out. Um, the rest of the East, um, yeah, God knows. You know, it looked like Philly was going to just cruise to a, a sweep against the Raptors, and now the Raptors are going to make a make a go of yeah. it. You know, if there's a team, if there's a there's a team that'll come back from way down, it's the Raptors. You know, they <laughs> we saw it. Nick Nurse will get that team together, but uh, and uh, I mean, if James Harden keeps playing like poo and you know, yeah. whatever, so he's busy ruining so teams. Yeah, so there's that, and just to kind of wrap up the rest of the NBA too. Like, just a quick shout out to the West. There, um, I know Denver won last night, but oh my God, Golden State. Uh, hello, <laughs> hi. Oh, they're really good again. Oh, and Steph Curry's coming off the bench. Interesting. Who's this pool guy? Oh, he's from Milwaukee. Sweet. Nice. He's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's been great. And so, uh, yeah, I know the West has got some fun stuff going on. Uh, that, that, that Timberwolves series is turning out to be pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, with Booker going down that Phoenix, New Orleans series, man, talk about, you know, massive the, change. Yeah. The, the underdog just taking swings, man. I mean, they were the statistically worst team in the playoffs playing against the st- statistically best team in the NBA. And they're, uh, they're not quitting. Now, last night might've been the last, last of what was left in the gas tank but yeah. hold that coach two, Willie two. green man what's that yeah but it's two two right it's like yeah it's two geez. two but i mean like i don't know how much more they got left in the tank but the, you know they those kids are out there chatting and just getting up in phoenix's <laughs> business yeah. and that coach willie green man he's so good he knows that he's got to let him play like that and he's he's just he's literally playing with controlled madness or There's... controlled chaos there's right now. good like he can't he can't 
He's yeah. literally trying to ride a bucking Bronco. Like he can't <laughs> stop them, nor does he want to, but he has to kind of direct it so it doesn't get too out of control. And uh, yeah, Pelicans, yeah. man, that's a, there, that's, there's a story. Playing, that's a story in and of itself. Right there, there, there's a so. good way of playing without fear in a bad way. And they're they're doing it the right way at this point so far. I mean, it's, a, so, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's that coach, man. He, yeah. you can just tell he's got that calm demeanor on his face, but you can tell that that those gears are spinning in his brain, man. So okay, well at this point too, we gotta kind of stop in this yeah. and start moving on. So at this point, uh, we are going to welcome in Jim Widener. <gasps> Hi, Jim. Hi, how's it going, fellas? It's always good to bring you back in, Jim. No, uh, it's always nice to be welcome back. It doesn't happen too often in my <laughs> life. <laughs> All right, so it's like being in my family for a Christmas holiday. Then we won't see each other for another right. yeah. year. Speaking of Christmas, draft is coming. Oh, it is. <laughs> Feels like football Christmas. Um, and and the Jets will be the team that's uh, like that weird uncle in the background who's like, I always have, I already have two of these. What am I doing? They always look at everything like, is this socks? What is this? I don't care. No. Uh, but there will also be uh, an amount of Packer Twitter that will also be like that. So... I just try to go with this, Jim, trying to think of the different ways we want to approach this draft. And the first thing I want to ask you is if you have your perfect first round, who are the two guys you want at 22 and 28? I mean, give yourself some wish list here because, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of hedging on, like, who's going to be available. Um, maybe say your top 10's out, but somebody does, you know, a bunch of people pulling Al Davis or something. Who are the two guys you want in in that kind of group? You know, it's it, it, it's a good question to ask. Uh, the problem is, well, <laughs> it's it's you do you do a good job. Um, obviously, they need a wide receiver. I yeah, mean, the, the, and I, I I get annoyed for the fact of listen. I think Bryden Gutekunst has done a, a solid job with this roster. His, although people give him way too much credit, in my opinion, of his drafts. I mean, I okay. think that if you look at some of his drafts, especially in 2018, I, I wrote an article on this. He's he's since he's taken over in 2018, he's selected four wide receivers, no higher than third round, and three of them aren't from the same class. The same draft yeah. in 2018 are are not with the Packers anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, one of them so, didn't make the team that year. <laughs> no, he got well. Yeah, Jamon Moore played one year, caught one pass, and the following year he was cut in training camp. Yeah. So I mean, you look at the the situation that it isn't about just Devonte being traded. It's the fact that he did a poor job with one of the most important, not the most important, but one of the most important positions in the NFL, and he's left them in a hole. And now you've got it's not even quality that he doesn't have. It's it's the lack of depth that he's got going in here. I, I wrote that they still have to, in my mind, sign an, an sign or trade for another veteran receiver. And, you know, Sammy Watkins, I mean, if you look at the contract that he signed, I mean, there's a chance that he might not make the team. So that's a red flag right there. So <laughs> to back to your original question. So I, I want to see a receiver, but okay. I don't think, and this is just my opinion that, you know, and, and there's some, Packers podcast shows that are out there and I won't name them, but I like them, but they've said that what, whatever they, you know, whoever they draft as a wide receiver in the first round, if they do is supposed to be the number one wide receiver coming in. Well, take a look at that first round. A lot of those 
players aren't going to be plug and play and be number one receivers. You're not going to get a Randy Moss out of this draft. I don't think. I mean, if, if you're again going back, I'm, yeah, there's not there's not any unquestionable talent like Randy yeah. Moss. Randy Moss was not a. A question of talent. Antonio Brown was never a question of talent. Tyreek Hill was never a question of ta- talent. They have talent, whereas this year's draft, like un- un- unbelievable talent, where this year's draft, mm-hmm. there's some nice wide receivers, some good wide receivers, some really yeah. good wide receivers, but no, no one that has some physical attribute that just makes them stick out from everybody else. So, yeah. so I guess to answer John's question is, who would I want? <laughs> Obviously, I think Chris Olave would be the one I'd want to see at 22 when I did my mock okay. draft thing. And I'm not a guru. I don't throw out terms like RB one and RB two. I'm just <laughs> whatever makes sense at that point. I don't have a big board. You know, I just, it, I had, yeah. yes, I would like Chris Olave with, with the 22nd pick. I just don't think he's going to be there. So I had <laughs> with 22, I had the kid from Purdue, George Kalakis. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do you say so, his name? I, I he he's good. I definitely have seen him on a lot of boards. He's a guy that I've seen a lot of people want him fall. Uh, Karloftis, Car- uh, George Karloftis. Um, yeah, he's a junior. He's twenty one. That kind of fits the mold. That'd be he has short arms. Apparently, that's but he's if 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 they stick with what Petten did and Mike Smith did, the outside former outside linebackers coach. Mm-hmm and look for that type of build, he'd be a good fit because his, their edge receivers are big. You know, they're not twitchy guys. I mean, Gary's a little bit of both now, but his body frame is whole, totally different than he was at Michigan when he was a down Yeah, he got a lot smaller. So the ones I had, I had, we'll just call him George from Purdue going 22. <laughs> and then I had George Pickens from Georgia going 28, oh. which I know some people think is, is high, but he seems a lot more ready than like what's it Trayton Burks from Traylon Burks Traylon, yeah Traylon Arkansas. Burks from Arkansas and I I think that's all that's going to be available to them if they stay you know if they stand pat now did you guys see that Nagler said that they're apparently looking at trying to trade for Darren Waller from from Las Vegas which I know <laughs> I, he's a tight end but yeah I just saw that um that changes a lot of things. I mean, they've got essentially Tanyan on a one-year deal at this point. Um, yeah. Adding that and, and, changes and, and, a lot. Who's a, Tanyan, who's also still kind of an unknown commodity, too, because you don't yeah, know what you're going to get from him yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having a good tight end is huge in the offense that uh, the, the, uh, LaFleur runs. So, yeah, it's an interesting idea. I, I don't know what you give up for that, though. That's the, the thing. I've definitely seen that, and we were talking about that in Acne Packing uh, Slack uh, channel. Had they been on their game, they would have gotten him as part of the Devonte trade, as just another add-on because they were <laughs> right. they were willing to give up anything for Devonte anyways. So it's interesting. That... I, I found a tweet about that, Aaron. That apparently you can't do that. A player that's a franchise player. Oh, he was franchised oh, at the time. Yeah, Aaron, Devante, uh, was. Devante was. Oh, so, yeah, Devante. Oh, okay. It says here. Okay. Uh, da, 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 oh, you can um, only be. You can only. Trade, trade for, for picks. Or for, for picks. Yeah, yeah, apparently you can only be traded for picks. That's kind huh. of the gist of it. Interesting. Huh. That is a fun idea. I don't know. Oh, but league rules prohibit uh, Waller's inclusion because a franchise tag player, Adams, can't be traded for a non-tag player like Waller. Oh, there you go. Okay. So you can trade two tag players, would... though. 
Hmm. That's interesting. Apparently, you can trade tag players. So if they wanted to <laughs> tag Waller, but well, I mean, then you learn Waller be, every day. What would Waller be for even like a fourth rounder, third rounder? There's no chance he goes that low. They're going to want at least one of the ones. I think I saw somewhere that there was talk of a one and a three, in which case, no. Wow. No. Just wow. no. That's I mean, like, he's Waller's not. good, but Waller's not that good, man. It, I would maybe wait, is, do is, your, is, is Waller your... top Was Waller top three in the NFL right now? I don't know. Well, he was injured. It's, it's, he yeah, only he played some... six games last year, it said. Oh. Well, there's so that. why you could do a number two and a number four. They've got two twos yeah, and they have two, two fours. I, I would do that. And that's about as high as I'd go. That already gives you that sense of like, you know, what am I getting out of this and, and how much is that worth? And you feel a little twitch when you do that. But um, that probably means it's fairly equal because you don't feel you, make- you're getting robbed, but you feel like oh, this is a little, I don't know. Yeah. To me, it makes more sense. And I don't know about you guys that if I, do, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would, like I said, when it goes back to like, the top tier wide receivers, you're not getting a Randy Moss, like Aaron said, in this draft. So to me, I don't know if I, why not just keep your two n- number ones, get one player that isn't a wide receiver, then get another one that is a wide receiver. Right. You still have your number two if you trade your uh, your second two. Do you think they'd go two wide receivers in the first round? No. I don't either. I guess I just wanted to no. hear if you, if you were feeling different than me. Um, I think they... Well, especially where they're at. What are you going to take? A trail on Burks twenty two, and then take George Pickens at twenty eight. You know that would be kind That's of reaching, it's reaching for both. It's a yeah. reach, mm-hmm. but it's kind of nice. I, I don't know. I I, I like Pickens. If I'm having the draft that I'd like to have fall, that is on the very edges of possibility, but almost certainly not, um, because somebody out there. I mean, the teams that are bad. A lot of them are bad because they don't understand how to rate players, so they can always do something stupid and help us out. Okay, um, but Alave or Pickens would be nice for me in that first round. Maybe not the greatest thing, but they'd both be nice. Um, if I'm getting what I want, that I think is on the edges of reality, Jordan Davis, the the, you know, the like 360 that. pound guy out of Georgia who who <laughs> runs faster than I do. <laughs> I mean, like, what did he run? Like a four seven? He ran eight? a four. He ran sub five for three sixty, which is he's faster than Reggie White. That means so. Is that is that a defensive end? He is a no, defensive he's, tackle. He's, he's tackle. Like an, you could well, you could you could actually play him. I would think from what I saw at Georgia, you could play him at nose, and then finally move Kenny Clark around and let yeah. him play. Try to run on that. I mean, we the the Packers already like doing that uh, two-down lineman look and then put a couple of edge rushers out there and run kind of that nickel. you got to run a lot of nickel in the NFL just because everybody's yeah. running three, four wide all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it would be, I mean, try to run against that. you got, you know, Kenny Clark, do-do-do-do-do, and uh, you've got, uh, you know, uh, D- Jordan Davis next to that. I mean that's four. That is that is A and B gap on both sides of the ball. If you want it, essentially, <laughs> you know, like well, where are you going to run? They just signed Jaron Reed this offseason, which was who, nice. But man, who's a nice piece? If I mean, he's a rotational guy, back, yeah, he. What wasn't just back in 2018? I think he had ten and a half sacks for the Seahawks. So yeah. I mean, they just there's another position they've neglected for so long. I mean, 
Yeah. I, I, I wrote it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, if that kid that you're talking about from Georgia, you draft him uh, along with Kenny Clark and then that guy they signed, all of a sudden that comes from a position that's been woefully ignored to a place that's actually got some depth to it too. So as long yeah. as nobody pulls a Mo, Wilkin, Mo Wilkinson and uh, busts their leg, because that's uh, the last <laughs> uh, time they tried to shore up oh, that position. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? Yes. I mean, that was a big deal. Like, oh, wow, look at huge. this. We got Mo, and then Mo got hurt right away and it was yeah. out of the league, I think, but. So here's here's my next fun question for for everybody. Um, how far away from Green Bay will we have to move in order to avoid the um, the tsunami that will occur if they draft Zion Johnson? This is the guard out of BC. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's I think that, that is my perfect that's storm. A, that's, that's my perfect a, storm right there for how Packers Twitter Twitter will just explode. Is the Packers go out and say like, "Let's get an elite guard," and everyone just loses their mind? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's funny that everybody loses if if they were to, you know, if they spend a, a number one, a late number one on Zion Zion Johnson from BC yeah. or uh, Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. I think you're. What, I don't have a problem with that. You've got an aging quarterback. And where they're at, I mean, what's the difference between and, George picking George Pickens 28 or picking him 50, you know, 52 or 53 or whatever it is? Well, here's the thing that gets me is, I guess, everybody's going to freak out if there's no wide receiver in the first round, right? I think mm-hmm. that that's, I think that that's kind of a given. Everybody will freak out except for a couple of people that, that you know, are listening here are maybe not going to because... I don't know that everybody understands how deep this receiver draft is. There's maybe no Randy Moss in this draft, but there's a ton of guys who can do a lot of things better than the couple guys we had. I mean, like, if you wait and get Bo Melton, he can work in this system really well. Um, if you wait and get, you know, Sky Moore instead, you know, as an early second round or you get him at 28 or whatever, you're still going to be kind of okay. Um Oh, I'm trying to think of some of the other wide receivers in this draft that are going to be kind of interesting to, oh, to Pierce watch. is the kid from Cincinnati that people have oh, talked yeah, about. Yeah. You can get him in the third, possibly. Yeah, um, yeah. and there, there's there's several kind of receivers in here that you could look at and say, like, well, this could be still interesting. Um, but so, the problem, you said this, the problem is, in, in my opinion, is like that Packers podcast that I've been listening to <laughs> who think that you're going to get a receiver who's going to instantly replace Devonta Adams. No. It's that whole, you know, unless they're going to go out and get like an AJ Brown or I, I would even argue, and you're, you're not going to replace Adams, So you can forget about that. But somebody who is like an upper echelon wide receiver through a trade, AJ Brown, no chance you're getting Samuel maybe DK Metcalf if you toss them like a late one, yeah. you know, there are, yeah. It, it, and and the salary cap is a complete mess still. It, I mean, it, it is. Yes. You know, I just, I, I, it blows me away when I, you know, read Twitter and it make, will make it easier with Elon Musk buying it, but not look at it anymore. But it's to me, <laughs> It's the idea of uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, just just, just go get whoever we want, and there's no. Well, the, the fact that they, you know that they think that you know anything that Gutekinds is going to do is going to be great, 
and again, I'm not knocking the guy that I'm not saying that he should be fired, but uh, right. You look at what what Russ Ball has done. Now, that's all I keep hearing about how great of a wizard he is. And it was one year that they went and got free agents, and it seemed like everything went to hell. The salary cap did because of that. And then you throw in with Aaron Rodgers. I just don't get it. I mean, they give him a lot of accolades, and it's like, yeah, I mean, for all the years that Ted Thompson was the GM, it wasn't hard to negotiate rookie contracts, and then you sign a few of those guys that you know turned out to be good players. I just, you've got to get players, and I'm not talking about being the, uh, I almost said Redskins, Commanders. <laughs> commanders. And... You know, just throwing money against, you know, just throwing money at big names. But still, you got to go out. And that's what it always annoyed me with, with Ted Thompson, who, when he went out and signed people, which was obviously all, us three know it was rare, when he yeah. did it, he was really good at it. Yes. And he got players that, that did stuff. I don't know. It just. Yeah. yeah I mean, started on Russ Ball. I just so, think so, that. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. I was going to say, um, well, you you finished. I was just going to ask about Pickens, but you guys go ahead and talk about what you're Well, I was just going to say, I was like, with how deep the class is, I just I just worry that people are going to be insistent on picks at a very specific spot in the draft rather than just trying to get guys in the draft who can do things. And I think that there are guys in the who are going to be there in the second and third round that were definitely, like you said, Alec Pierce, um, yeah, Jalen Tolbert, Sky who's yeah, yeah, Sky Moore, who's gonna be second round probably. Uh, Jalen Tolbert's the kid out of South Alabama. They're the Jaguars or whatever. Um, yep. He's athletic. Christian Watson. People keep putting him in the first round. I don't want to oh, see him God, in the first. No. He's he's um he's got a serious Jeff Janis vibe going on. Um, yeah, Bo when, Melton out when, of Rutgers. When guys one of your out. highlights from college is the end around. He as had a receiver. I believe he had thirty-one total snaps last year. So that's the thing, too. It's like, I, I don't know what I'm looking for in those, but I'm okay if they wait depending on how the board falls because it really depends on how the board falls. Too many people, you know, they've, they've been doing it on Madden where they're like, oh, I'm going to pick, I need to get a receiver. So I'll pick the best receiver and then it'll work because, of course, I'll just put all my whatever tokens into it. Um, I'll spend all my points on that. And you're like, no, no, no. You got to also do scheme because scheme doesn't matter in Madden particularly. It's just we have the the higher rating and stuff and it's, um yeah it's too bad and I, I looked at this that the first round quarterbacks are so weak oh, because if if it was deep because i don't know if even the top ones i mean corral uh mm-hmm. uh malik willis willis is all oh, i don't want him uh uh the kid that wears Pickens. gloves from Pitt. yeah pick it What's it? Pick it? Pick it? Pick it, yep. And I don't know who the fourth one is. I think they're going to be Desmond overdrafted. Ritter. What's that? Probably Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. Yes. There. He's probably a second rounder, I think. So I think I think they, they get overdrafted. Now, yeah. maybe if one or two of those guys slide, I don't know. You know, you've got the Lions at 32. Do they feel like they need to trade up to get one of those guys that slides? If I'm the Packers... And you're at the end of the first round with your own first round pick. You select, you know, say you select a wide receiver with number 22. Mm-hmm. I would be fielding offers in a heartbeat. Pick up another couple twos or one, another two, and then maybe a first round next year or something of that nature. Yeah. 
I mean, what are you going to, what's the difference if it's, you, gra- you know, like we were just talking about, grab, what's the difference between Traylon Burks at number, what's it, 29? Or, oh, yeah, get him at 28 or moving down? Yeah, or Sky Moore at 52 or 53 or whatever it is. I mean, to me, it's just. Yeah, I can see that. I'd, I'd be all right with that, especially if you're getting somebody else you like already. Packers have a good, good, good history of second round draft pick wide receivers, too. So, yeah, it's actually, uh, I mean, like, this is a terrible draft, but it's pretty good at wide receiver. And there's, there's a couple decent guys at offensive line and edge, which are the only things the Packers need to look at. Like, you can still get, like, um, uh, Abraham Lucas River in the second round out of Washington State, and he's a decent tackle. You could put him on the right instead of having to worry about do you have to put Elton Jenkins at right tackle kind of stuff. I think the draft could fall very well just because of the Packers' needs. But I know, Aaron, you had something you were going to ask. Uh, was it on Pickens? Oh, I was going to ask about Pickens. I heard that there's uh, a couple red flags about him. He's got a little bit of uh, 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 Ben Simmons syndrome, a little <laughs> bit of it's uh, uh, kind of been given everything. A uh, little bit of entitlement piece to him. He seems that's... like he plays with an edge, which I I've said for years since the great Wayne Simmons scared everybody in Green Bay that they've missed. They you know somebody who's plays right to that line and maybe a little bit above it. I mean that's you know somebody who plays with an edge a little bit. They've they've had some really great guys and you know I don't want to I'm not talking about like an Antonio Brown type thing, but somebody who He's a little feisty, and they've kind of missed that. I like it. And then the other thing is, too, is so kind of John sort of asked this question, but uh, is anybody going to be in it for the schadenfreude if they take a guard and a quarterback in the first round? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm here for the chaos. Well, I am the jo- I am the Joker at this point. I'll tell you that I'll be on the Acme Packing uh, live stream. I believe we'll be on Twitch and probably live streaming on YouTube. But uh, it'll be worse than um, listening to uh, Paul Noonan, who's also a friend of the podcast. Um, if you listen to him and they draft, uh, you know Willis, then uh, we will be. It'll be worse than when they drafted Love because he was very unhappy at that one. But I'll also be very unhappy with Willis. I watched him several times. I don't. I mean, he's athletic, but I don't. I saw a lot of very nice, you know, bottom, you know, like say group of five teams make him look average. I, yeah. I don't think that if you've watched these quarterbacks in college, that any of them to me are are legit first round picks. If you had better no. quarterbacks in this, Jordan Love would be the top quarterback picked in this draft. He'd be the number one overall pick probably in this draft. If he were coming, I don't disagree with that. I've heard that in several places, and I don't know how to fight that. He'd be the best quarterback by a long ways in this draft, and that would probably make him the number one pick. I mean, you get the Ritter's nice, um, Pickett's okay. Um, I don't like Willis at all. Uh, I mean, he's fast. He definitely is fast, and he's very athletic. Who's yeah? Who's going through? Who's going first overall then? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in that I've I've um, called down to Illinois and had a bet placed for me uh, for Javon Thibodeau, mostly because it was a twenty, it was a plus twenty five hundred pick. Um, he's in there. It's probably still Adrian Hutchinson. Um, I keep seeing a lot of was Aquan it Traylon Walker from? Uh, is it Traylon? I apologize if it's not oh, from Georgia. Yeah, 
or what uh, is it? It's a Trayvon Walker. Trayvon excuse Walker. me. Yeah. Um, and I've seen. Who's the other one I've seen here? I'm sorry, I'm trying to bounce through some of the other names. But Ekwanwu is one. Uh, I believe I've seen a couple spots too. Um, but mostly it's, it's Hutchinson's the guy who gets the most uh, coverage there for being number one and, overall. And this is and this is me just not paying attention. Who's number one? J E T S Jets 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 or no, Jags? Jags. Jags. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. They got that. They're in that Jets number two then or number three. Boy, I'm going to say, who is it? Let's look at the top 10. Well, I'll, who's, who is it that's got like three picks in the top? There are some other, there's a bunch of teams that actually have multiple picks. Isn't uh, it like five teams have the top 10 picks or some crazy stuff like that this year? It looks it's, like we got the Jags, Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants, Panthers, Giants, Giants got two, and yeah. Falcons. Okay. And then the Saints also have two first round picks as to the Eagles. The Eagles had a Saints had this weird kind of pick thing going on where they're just kind of it looks like they the Saints are probably trying to pick one of those middle first round quarterbacks and the Eagles are kind of saying, you know, it'd be great as picking next year, uh, which is probably <laughs> true. Um, so they kind of swapped a, a couple of things. Selvage one around. more year out of Jalen Hurts, yeah. Well, I mean, um, think uh, to me, it's... He's as good as anybody here. If, if I'm the Lions... You might as well just stick with golf for another year and don't, you know. Yeah. Well, Matt's quarterback. It's same thing with the Eagles. They may as well stick with Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is better than anybody in the first yeah. round. <laughs> you honestly should go quarterback last. Yeah. Like, like seriously, build your team, then add quarterback because that quarterback time is three years before you have to reschedule. You have to start paying them because mm-hmm. if they're a good quarterback, you need to restructure after three years. Uh, if we're talking seriously about this, you should pay your quarterback last. Go draft a quarterback or add a quarterback and do it after you've done the other things. That's what the Rams did. The Rams had everything but quarterback, added a good, not great quarterback. Very good. He's not just, he's not average good. He's like, he's, he's very good. He is not elite. He's a very good quarterback. He's not a top five guy, but he's good enough to win with that team and that defense and those receivers and that line. Well, you make a great yeah. point. I mean, it, it's you and Packers fans don't want to hear this. Everybody but wants quarterback paying first. An, paying an aging quarterback makes it very hard to win in the to get to a Super Bowl. You, like paying an elite quarterback. Like you have to I get mean, one of those. The Seahawks big tried that. Look at when the Seahawks finally got out of Russell Wilson's rookie deal. Yeah, it basically like if you can get one of the the truly elite. If you if you're paying you know, Brady or you're paying Rodgers, you're still competitive. If you're going to spend your time paying, you know, uh, Matt Ryan or Matt uh, Stafford, those guys are good enough to make sure that you don't get the best pick every year, but they're also not quite good enough to do it by themselves. And it kind of puts you in a limbo. So you well, want to be, be bad enough. You got to be get phenomenal hit. at drafting at that point. Yeah. You got to kind of hit on the struggle. They paid <laughs> Matt Ryan way too much money and then they went out and and didn't get it done in the draft. Yeah. So so speaking of uh, the Packers needing uh, <clears throat> needing to pick a wide receiver in the first round, now it is guaranteed that the Vikings and Lions will pick a wide receiver in the first round, right? That's on point for them. Probably. <laughs> um, the I've, I've heard that. I've heard that a ton this offseason from uh, Jim's side of the border is that they need another first round wide receiver to go with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. 
Well, I, so, I, so they're, how so many, they're insane. How many first round cornerbacks can you take? In yeah, the I last know. Five years? I, I know. Mean, is, is Zimmer? Zimmer's not there anymore, so that's probably out. And then uh, I don't know what the what the Bears what the Bears plan on doing, but I'm sure that'll. I, I, I I'm I'm excited to see what kind of bad picks they'll make. So it'll be. Well, they. I give them credit. They blew it up. I mean, they they got rid of yeah. uh, Mac. And they just they started blowing it up and saying, "Well, we've got to rebuild." Yeah, they got they lost a ton there, but they've got a ton of free like cap space right now. But they don't also they also don't have a lot of picks, so they're gonna have to go out and rebuild the team at some point pretty soon. Um, they're gonna have to probably pick receiver two because they got Mooney, who's very good. Um, it was a great two. Uh, we'll see how he is as a one because that's what he is oh, right God. now. Um, I forgot about that. They they got rid of Robinson. Yeah, Robinson's. So, or, or they didn't resign him. Yeah, he's out elsewhere. But yeah, uh, he went out to the AFC West like everybody else did yeah. this this year. Um, but yeah, just to try to wrap this up, so we can do just a couple other things before we wrap up the show. Though, uh, if you're looking later rounds, I'm gonna say you know third, fourth, fifth, whatever, whatever rounds you're looking at there. If you've done some mocks, if you've been running things, who are some guys you're looking at later on? That, that you're interested in? Uh, there's uh inside linebacker from Appalachian State, uh, DeMarco Jackson, I think it is. Uh, I did an interview with a guy named Daniel Parla Greco, who's with DTP scouting. And he said that he played in a 3-4 at Appalachian State. And then he also is a special teams demon, which I think a lot of these picks, they've got two sevens uh, of five. And I think those later round picks are going to be spent on special teams players. Uh, those would be, uh, he would be one I would think that's going to pop up. Uh, Alec Pierce, I think in the third round, tall uh, wide receiver from Cincy, who has got good speed, had like, I think he had 52 receptions at Cincy. He would be a good one. Uh, in the fourth, he probably maybe start seeing if they don't get like a Jordan Davis doesn't slide in the first round, some defensive linemen. Uh, there's an offensive tackle from Central Michigan. I can't think of his last name right now. Who played opposite the Austrian kid, who's oh. supposed to go in the first two rounds? It's um, I would expect those guys. I mean, they're going to have to again. It's they're looking, and, and I wrote this that they're looking for not just instant talent, but or not just talent, but guys who can contribute right away. I hope so. Um, it'll be interesting. Let me see who this kid was or what the, my mind draft. There's a couple ahead. names before we, we run out of time here, but uh, Tyler Algier is the guy I've talked about, the running back out of BYU. He's a lot like A.J. Dillon. Uh, I like him a lot. Josh Rivas, the guard out of uh, K-State. Would be an interesting one. Uh, Patrick Paul out of Houston. He's a tackle as well, going kind of later. Um, I think the other tackles and stuff I've gone Luke later. Luke Getke is the kid from Central Michigan I was thinking of. He played okay. tackle, but he might be a guard. So okay. they love draft and tackles who, who can play other positions. Oh. They, he might be around in the fourth round. Late interior defensive lineman to uh, P.J. Mustafer. Uh, I believe he's a, a Rutgers kid. Uh, he was interesting too. Chris Paul for an interior defensive lineman. I had a fun mock draft where I got uh, Chris Paul, um, but I also drafted, shoot, who was it? Um, oh, I, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> it was like, all right, some linemen named Chris Paul and Isaiah Thomas. We got guards. <laughs> now, uh, Jack Cohn comes up a lot in like seventh round. I was like, why not? Let him fight with Bankert for a little bit and be a camp arm at seventh round. Uh, Rashad White out of uh, Arizona State, uh, 
could be a third or could be a fourth round pick, depending on how things fall. That would be interesting as well. But uh, those there's are a kid from like... Tennessee, Melvis Jones, who's a uh, he's a wide receiver, not much of a receiver, but he can play. He can return punts and kicks. Okay. I, I think you've got to invest in, in special teams. I mean, there's some massive holes on this roster for the Packers, and they've got to hit big. They can't have, uh, you know, some of Gutekunst's draft classes. I mean, there's not a lot of guys still around, so he's got to hit on them because free agency. I don't, I don't know. It, it to me, it's going to be an interesting rest of the off season or this draft to see if he actually can trade for. Uh, a wide receiver if not i mean these kids are going to yeah. have to play right away and contribute another fun name to think about hassan haskins out of michigan um i see him found area quite a lot so he, he's an interesting talent in terms of being a you know backup running back uh possible special teams uh performer in the next couple of years he could be an interesting look uh later rounds of the draft as well so all right, um, Jim, we're kind of running out of time on this this segment here. So is there anything else you want to say before you go? Make sure you, you plug all your writing and everything, too. Yes, I have a, a mock draft out on, at Last Word on Sports. Uh, it was actually published today. I'm, no, I'm not going to write about the Packers until after the draft because it's, <laughs> it's just mock season for the rest of the week. So uh, yeah. take a look at that. You can ridicule me. Uh, you can... Uh, <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Jim Widener 51 until Elon Musk buys it. And then I'll probably have to follow me somewhere else, but uh, not to be pooping on anybody's parade there, but, yeah, but no, that's what I got and, and follow along and see what happens. But it's always great to catch up with you guys. And, you know, if you want to want me back on after the draft or whenever, let me know. Well, yeah, we'll have to see if we can find time afterwards and get start getting ready for the season again, too. All right, uh, Jim, thank you for joining us. We'll, we have to start kind of moving on to a couple other things here, but it's, it's always good to have you on the show. Thank you again. You bet. Take care, guys. Nice seeing you again. Yeah. Right on, Jim. See ya. All right, so the last little thing we have here, we're not going to go into because we you know with time we've already taken, we're not going to do a last call, but uh, Brewers, Brewers had a little streak here. I mean, they took three in a row from the Pirates after getting the, the last game against St. Louis there. Um, then they take three straight against the Pirates, and they take two out of three from uh, Philadelphia before having this weird kind of single game against the Giants for whatever reason. Like, oh, this is what weird. we miss. We misspoke on this podcast a couple weeks back. We were thinking that they were just going to get rid of those first two series of the year. They're not. They're making them up throughout the year. Oh, okay. so, so they got we a single to, game we today. To the Giants. So, yeah, we, we're going to do a doubleheader with them later in this year, and this is uh, the first of the three games. So, yeah. So this is happening all over baseball too. Like this is especially, and that's why these open air stadiums that have, you know, rainouts and stuff like that. Like the twins are already slated to play a whole bunch of double headers in between yeah. August and September. Now, so, I mean, the, the biggest thing is like pitchings look good. Woodruff and Burns have been pitching lights out the last couple times up Burns. wasted, just wasted a Corbin Burns uh, game today. Cause he played yeah. f- fantastically against what is a very good giants lineup. And then they give it's like they're up one nothing, give up a two run home run. Adamas comes back, hits a home run, two two, give up another two run home run. You're yeah. like, come on. It's on. it's frust- it's frustrating. Uh, and know. this is and this is why a lot of us were begging for a to get some more besides McCutcheon. He's nice, but he's nice. He's been doing all right. But man, like this is just it, it's 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 painful to watch knowing how last year ended and knowing that Burns ended the season i don't even remember what his record was 
Yeah, they didn't yeah. even have double digit wins to, and got the Cy Young. And Woodruff had a uh, losing record. Yeah. Well, right? it's like, did yeah. Woodruff have a losing? Yeah, he did. I don't, yeah. Did he? Okay. So, I mean, like, but here's here's the games. I mean, so it's like going back to April 12th, uh, Brewers, five runs, four runs, five runs, one, one, uh, then six, six, five, four, two, five, and then one run and a win. And then two runs and a loss. I mean, they're yeah, they're inconsistent. A couple things are going on. It's nice seeing uh, Adama starting coming around. Tellos has still been pretty decent out there. I mean, he started off hot, which wasn't going to last forever. Um, Kasten and Hira having some nice games here and there, which is kind of nice. Hira and Thera, uh, no, couple I see nice what games. You did. Yeah, that 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 should cut that, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave it in there for fun, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. A couple of things going well there. At some point, also, uh, Luis Urias are gonna, is going to be back here. So that, that'll help out a little bit to uh, add a little bit. Take Jace Peterson has not been much. I'll tell you who has been fun is that guy we got from the Las Vegas Raiders, Hunter Renfro. Turns yeah. out he can also play baseball. Yeah, uh, about that. He's got Weird. some power to his bat, too. Um, yeah, he's got a little bit of pop. Yeah. He's helped out a lot. Getting Urias back, um, yeah. Yelich still needs to get more out out of the bat. He just needs to. Uh, it's it's not enough. He's he's doing okay, but not what you need for what you're paying him. Uh, but the pitching's been great. And I'll say another one. Lauer pitched an mm-hmm. absolute gem the other day. Uh, he played phenomenally uh, on national was, television too. Yeah. Uh, was it six straight shutout innings? He went six innings, thirteen strikeouts. Yeah, he played phenomenally, and mm-hmm. uh, they get the shutout one nothing win over the Phillies. You're getting that kind of pitching, you know, one through five. Um, they're going to mm-hmm. continue to win. I mean, today was a rough one. That's two home runs takes you out of the game in a game where you were really fighting all the way through and got a really good start. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, just a couple things here and there. They're going to get a little chance here because they're going to play the Pirates for three more. They're going to play the Cubs, who actually right now have the highest OPS in baseball, which is weird. I don't know. I mean, Suzuki is playing great. Um, and they did, of course, score 21 runs on the Pirates last week. Yeah, they did. They uh, they, uh, they beat them three touchdowns to zero. Yeah. So that skews the numbers early on. We'll see how it goes uh, as it keeps going. But they'll be at home, at least. So the Brewers will go to PNC to play. I think it's still called PNC. Uh, PNC Park is what's always been. So unless I mean, stadiums change names so much, but I'm, it was PNC last year. I'm sure it's still PNC. They'll be in I think Pittsburgh. It's, called, it's Three River Stadium, right? <laughs> no, we're dating we're ourselves not. here. Let's not do that. Sure, sure. Three River <laughs> uh, Stadium. And then good. Oh wait, no, Three Rivers is Cincinnati, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Either way. Um, <laughs> I don't care. I don't much care anymore. And uh, that should be good for that. Well, it should be a nice week coming up here. Pirates Mm -hmm. uh, on the road, but then Cubs at home, and then Cincinnati at home right after next week when we're back here, uh, May 2nd to record. Uh, Anything else you wanted to add, Aaron, before we wrap up for the week? I just wanted to correct myself. Uh, Corbin (laughs) Burns, what Corbin, I was right about uh, Woodruff. He was nine and 10 last year. Corbin Burns was 11 and five. So he did make it to double digit wins either way. So along with his amazing ERA and his strikeout per nine (laughs) innings. And um, I was going to say that it was nice having a, a real first baseman and Rowdy Telez, but uh, he's he's okay. 
He's okay. It's he okay. needs to pick it up too. Everybody on this offense needs to pick it up. I just want to call him Rowdy Roddy Telez. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I want him to be my hero, baby. He needs bagpipe music when he comes to the plate. That's all I know. Yeah. That's all I know. Oh my god, he has an amazing fielding percentage, though. Holy smokes! It's the first baseman. All right. I, st- still, so, I mean, all right. yeah. All we right, everybody. That. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports. Uh, we'll definitely have plenty to talk about as we have a draft between now and our next show. There'll be several. Um, there'll be several more uh, Brewers games. Bucks will almost certainly be on to the second round by the time we come back here. So we'll see where we are in a week, and we'll be uh, happy to have you back with us. Remember, you can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host. You can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And of course, remember to follow Jim Widener. He's at Jim Widener, W E I D N E R 51, the number 51. And remember, of course, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.